0: Hello there you're listening to the sort yourself out podcast this week we're discussing the need to wake up from our trance did you know you were in a trance no we'll keep listening to find out more i'm your host janine hunt natural health therapist for over 30 years hypnotherapist lifelong student and spiritual seeker I like to seek out the most effective practices and techniques that provide the greatest bang for my buck and the fastest route to freedom from whatever is holding us back. I can't wait to share with you these powerful techniques so that you too can sort yourself out, know deeper meaning in your life, and best of all, a sense of inner peace. So let's get started. Well, hello there, and thank you so much for joining me today. This week, we're discussing the need to wake up from your trance. What trance, you say? Me? I'm not in a trance. But we all are in some respects. We have our work trances, our parenting trances, our relationship trances, and whole shed loads of problem trances. (laughs) One characteristic of all of these trances is that they are repetitive or habitual. They're based on patterns we've developed. These trances serve us as they are the way that we learn. We learn by repetition and by creating patterns and by internalizing our learnings to an unconscious level where we no longer need to consciously think about them. Imagine if you still had to consciously think about all the things you've learned since you progressed from being a helpless little baby to the walking, the talking, and the multitasking marvel that you are today. Holy cow, there is so much knowledge and expertise that we have to acquire to function the way that we do. Now, our heads would explode if we had to make All of that happen consciously. (laughs) But happily, our brains learn to automate behavior. When we do something enough times, we form neural pathways in the brain. Each neuron learns to connect and fire with the next, and the behavior gets set. So we are moving in and out of our trances, our automatic behaviors, all day long. We develop ways of being that become our go-to ways of operating in the world. Now, when people come in for a hypnotherapy session, they are often apprehensive about what hypnotherapy is. They're so used to the trance that they've learned on TV that they're afraid, I might make them cluck like a chicken. (laughs) But really... We are no stranger to the kind of trance that we induce in hypnotherapy. When we're unfamiliar with it, we expect that it's going to be some amazing distinctive state that we've never entered before, but that's just not the way that it is. In fact, we hypnotherapists spend a good part of the session convincing our client that they have in fact entered a a hypnotic state, And that, therefore, the work that we've done together will take effect and be successful. Because it's not some earth-shatteringly different state. In fact, it's just like daydreaming. And we all know that one. So think about driving. When you learn to drive, it's almost overwhelming with all the things that you need to think about and be aware of simultaneously. It requires your full attention. But after a while, basically after lots of repetition and new neural pathways being laid in the brain and your nervous system, it becomes an automatic behavior. You still need your awareness to drive, of course, but the mechanics of it become a pattern that you perform without really needing to think about it so that you can have a conversation with someone or listen to an audiobook while you're driving. And you've probably had that experience of driving uh, along a route that you know well And when you arrive at your destination, maybe 20 or 30 minutes later, you have no real conscious memory about the journey because your mind has been occupied with other things. And that, my friend, is a hypnotic trance. So these automatic behavior patterns are very useful to us. Imagine if we had to consciously focus on making our hearts beat and our lungs take in air and our digestive processes happen like the ageless wisdom tells us, the early human races had to do. Apparently, they weren't involved with much else. (laughs) It was simply spirit learning how to operate a physical body, which was very foreign in the early days of spirit descending into form. We're talking about a long time ago, going way back to the Lemurian human race. Happily now, After eons of practice, that stuff has passed below the threshold of consciousness, freeing up our awareness for other things. So, repetitive patterns are very useful to us, but what about when they're not? What about when they're problematic and when they cause us to suffer or they become phobias and when we are doomed to repeating dysfunctional behaviors? Well... There are many ways that we delude ourselves about the small things in life as well as the things that affect our view of the bigger picture of all existence. These delusions exist on physical levels, where they are known in the ageless wisdom as maya, on emotional levels, where they are known as glamour, and on mental levels, where they are called illusion. Waking up from all of these trances is the work that we begin as we get on the spiritual path. It is the work of our spiritual evolution. Spiritual growth and achieving a higher level of well-being, for that matter, is as much, if not more, about letting go and freeing ourselves of what hinders us as it is about cultivating the good stuff. Here's a quote from the Tibetan master from A Treatise on White Magic by Alice Bailey. Quote, Some people are happy because they shut their eyes to truth or are self-hypnotized, hiding themselves within a shell of illusion. But the aspirant has frequently reached the stage wherein his eyes are wide open. He has learnt to speak truth to himself and has built up no separating wall between himself and others. He is awake and alive. He is sensitive and frequently suffering. He wonders why, apparently, what the world calls happiness and peace have left him and asks what is to be the outcome. So this quotation contains a lot of interesting information. Let's unpack it further to understand it a bit better. So firstly, the Tibetan addresses that an aspirant, who is someone fairly new to the spiritual path, Has begun to open their eyes to the truth of life, the bigger ideas about who she is and what life is all about, and is no longer self hypnotized, hiding within a shell of illusion. Next, the Tibetan addresses that we begin to see the truth of our interconnectedness, our oneness with all life, and that in the light of that understanding, we will make adjustments in our perceptions as well as in our relationships with others. Now, a funny side note here to lighten the mood a little, as I was typing my notes into Google Docs, it auto-corrected me so that that last thought came out as that we will make adjustments in our perceptions as well as in our relationships with otters. (laughs) Now, that made me laugh. (laughs) Now, maybe there's some deep esoteric thing going on that we really need to appreciate the otters. And voila, we will have peace on Earth. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of Douglas Adams' answer from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy about the meaning of life, the universe, and everything being 42. (laughs) 42 and orders, there we go. (laughs) Thanks, Google. So in this greater understanding, we become more sensitive, especially to the suffering of the world, our own and others. And otters. I feel like I've got to include them now. So the Tibetan says, he is awake and alive. He is sensitive and frequently suffering. He wonders why apparently what the world calls happiness and peace have left him and asks what is to be the outcome. And here we have the idea that what used to be happiness and peace for us has changed. We're no longer completely identified with the trances of the lower self. So this can be a painful phase, leaving us feeling blah at best, or bereft and maybe even experiencing a dark night of the soul at worst. And this is as the old accustomed ways of being lose meaning for us, but we're not yet fully ensconced in the new and higher ways that we are becoming more sensitive to and aware of. And often during this time, our friends and family are not along with us for the ride. So we're going through a change and waking from our trances, and they're not And it's uncomfortable for us as well as the people around us because they like us how they're used to us. (laughs) And this shift in dynamics can be a source of pain and confusion and alienation for us as well as we wake up from the trance. Our friends and family are still in it and nobody understands one another. So this quotation continues as the Tibetan implores us to remember this vitally important thing, that in the destruction of the form lies hid the secret of all evolution. So this applies, whether it relates to the destruction of a habit or pattern that hinders our advancement within a lifetime or the destruction of a physical body at the end of its usefulness, commonly known as death. He talks about the spirit being imprisoned in the form. He says that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that we need to utilize the form to the utmost, imprisoning the life in confining walls for just as long as the purpose is served and the life instructed through that form. He goes on to say that the time comes that the form no longer serves the purpose intended when the structure atrophies, crystallizes, and becomes easily destructible. Its destruction then becomes the matter of greatest concern and usefulness, and it goes Whilst a new form takes its place, it's always the building of the form, always its utilization for for as long as possible, always the destruction of the form when it hinders and cramps the expanding light, always then the rapid reconstruction of a new form. Such has been the method since the commencement of the eon. unquote. "Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love talking about the eons. So again, this applies for the bigger picture of life and death, as well as the more individual issues and patterns that we face in life. We can look up. We can look at waking up from the trance as destroying the patterns that limit us. When we wake up and decide, enough is enough, I'm not going to live like this anymore, then we can get to work programming into our consciousness and thus into our lives what we want to create and experience. Remember, at the beginning of this episode, we spoke of the different kinds of trances that we participate in, like our parenting our relationship, and our problem trances. There are also those trances where we've accepted our parents' desires for us and we wake up aged 40 saying, what the hell am I doing with my life? This is not what I want for myself. And of course, we have the biggest trance of all, the society we live in, the thought forms we're brainwashed with, From our earliest awakening of awareness. Now this societal brainwashing, like our other trances can be, is useful as it gives us continuity and allows us to progress as a society and as the human race without having to reinvent the wheel. But there are also lots of ways that we can wake up within that framework to create new ways of living and being but honor progressive expansion and the evolutionary nature of life. And that is what I will be talking about next week. Practical ways that we can wake ourselves up from the trance, all the trances, and create better lives for ourselves and a better, more harmonious world in general. So join me next week for that. And meanwhile... This week, I'll share one of my favorite practices to help you wake up. Meditation. When you meditate, you become painfully aware of all the crap that's going on in your mind. (laughs) Believe me, all the crap that's going on in your mind and in your life that you need to sort out. So if you don't meditate already, I recommend that you download my free quick start guide to doable meditation and get started. I provide really simple no fuss instructions on how to meditate in this guide. And I'm talking meditation that takes as little as five minutes a day, but still allows you to feel the benefits. It also includes tips to make sure you can fit it in your day. And move past any resistance you might feel about starting a daily meditation practice. And most of us do have that resistance. That's because meditation is a discipline. But trust me, once you get going, you'll feel the benefit and you won't want to stop. So do give it a go as meditation is a fantastic top-down technique that helps to raise your awareness as well as let you know what you need to release in order to achieve a higher order of well-being. So you can get my free quick start guide to doable meditation at theinspirationcloud.com slash S-Y-O-54. And those are the numbers 5-4. That's theinspirationcloud.com slash S-Y-O-54. And I will put a link in the show notes. Now, if you are interested in taking your well-being to the next level and being better than happy, why don't you sign up to the waitlist for my upcoming Better Than Happy membership? I've been talking about it for ages, <laughs> but I am getting there. And soon we will be launching this. So the Better Than Happy Zone is a monthly membership where I'll be teaching my most powerful top-down techniques to sort yourself out, to free yourself of your hang-ups and blockages, to take charge of your mind, and to nourish your soul. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm all about giving you the tools that you need to transform your life And in the Better Than Happy membership, there will be mini courses and hypnosis sessions and guided meditations and EFT tapping videos, neuro-linguistic programming techniques, mindfulness training, the ageless wisdom teaching, and lots more. So that wherever you are on your path to greater well-being, you can start right there and then take the next step when you're ready. You'll have the tools practices and techniques you need to not just heal your life, but to make it more meaningful, fulfilling, peaceful, and beautiful. So if you're ready to transform your well-being and be better than happy and would like to be kept informed, go on over to theinspirationcloud.com slash membership to get on the wait list and I will keep you in the loop. And this is something you also want to do because those people on my wait list are going to be offered a special early bird offer where they will be offered the membership at the lowest price it's ever going to be, and they will also get early access. So that's the inspirationcloud.com syo syomembership. Okay, my friend, that is all for today. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I really do appreciate it. So take care, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope you found it helpful and full of uplifting ideas that you can put into practice in your life. And if you have, chances are your friends and family will too. So please share it with them on social media you'll be helping them to sort themselves out because I bet you think they need it, right? But seriously, you'll also be doing me a huge favor and I will be eternally grateful for your generosity. It would also be lovely if you would leave me a review on iTunes, preferably a nice one, please. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast while you're there. If you have any questions or would like me to address a certain topic, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at info at theinspirationcloud dot com. Have a good one, folks. Thanks again and I'll see you next week.